0: I'm Michael Geary, and this is the EU History Podcast. On this episode, I discuss German reunification, Margaret Thatcher, and British public opinion with Dr. Stuart Smedley, research manager in the Ipsos UK Public Affairs, Government and Society team, and a visiting fellow in the University of Southampton Department of Politics and International Relations. Stuart, welcome to the EU History Podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Michael, for having me. uh, Um, Yep, delighted you were able to do this. Uh, So a lot has kind of been written both by scholars and in the print media about Margaret Thatcher's, shall we call it, reticence over German reunification at the end of the Cold War. Maybe we can just start by unpacking a little bit more Margaret Thatcher's concerns over the question of German reunification, like how would you, uh, as someone who's researched quite a bit of this, how would you compartmentalise Thatcher's concerns over East and West Germany coming together? So I think a good place to start is with the, the kind of debate
1: over Thatcher's attitudes towards German reunification within the historical literature. So both popular histories, biographies, and perhaps more serious academics, um, academic works. And there's one argument, which is that Thatcher sought to prevent German reunification from taking place. And another school of thought is that Thatcher had concerns about German reunification and largely sought to not 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 to postpone it but to avoid a rush to uniting east and west germany and i'd argue i i'd fall more on 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 the latter side so argue that thatcher saw Thatcher had very serious concerns about german unification she had serious concerns about um germany uh about the about the strength of united germany but it was probably the case that she, she she saw that german unification was something which was going to happen it's just that she wanted to Foresaw the the kind of rush um, to reunification which which threatened to take place. And and there are various reasons for this, Um, one of which is her concerns that a rush to German reunification would undermine the position of uh, President Gorbachev, uh, sorry, General Secretary Gorbachev um, in the Soviet Union, um, given the fact that what what was occurring in Eastern Europe in in, in 1989 potentially would lead, as it it did in in, in 1991, to the rise of some kind of threat to to Gorbachev from more hardline aspects of the of the um of the of the Communist Party in the Soviet Union. Then more specifically about Germany, um Statcher did have, she wasn't a Germanophobe, but she 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 had, as you say, a reticence about um German reunification taking place. And we could you could argue some views on Germany which were not necessarily the most diplomatic. And um, so, in her memoir, 1993 memoir, The Downing Street Years, she includes a very large section on um, on on German unification, the diplomacy that took place in 1989, 1990. And within this, she talks about the wider German problem and Germany's national character, making quite stark negative comments for. for a memoir of of, of a former um, world leader and she then goes on to discuss her concerns about Germany's historic desire for expansionism though she does qualify this by emphasizing that at the time that German reunification was taking place this was more to do with economic expansion rather than territorial expansion. Also as well you you, you have to remember that that, that Thatcher's relationship with the German Chancellor Helmut Kohl was not particularly friendly one Um, they famously didn't they, they, they didn't rub, rub off on one another very difficult tricky relationship um that they had and i guess one final thing to add here is that at the time the german reunification was taking place among the leaders of the four occupying powers um there was nothing really that thatcher could extract from germany in return for her support so for george George Bush um, in the United States. It was clear that German reunification would help precipitate the end of the Cold War, and 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 so the US were always going to be very much supportive of um, of 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 German unification taking place. In France, um, President Mitterrand, he was able to use German reunification as a bargaining chip to get German support to push forwards um, with the drive to economic and monetary union and um, within the European Community. And while it was extremely difficult for um, for Gorbachev to swallow, he the Soviet Union were able to extract significant financial benefits. Uh, or, but basically getting germany to pay the soviet union in order to 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 get their support for for reunification take place whereas thatcher obviously she was a cold warrior she, she 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 was an ardent opponent of communism the end of the cold war would be something which with which delighted her but given her views of germany it wasn't necessarily the case that she, she perhaps saw a rushed to german reunification as being something that she she could accept in relation to european integration the single european Act having been agreed that was the kind of limits of Thatcher's support for European integration, she was very much highly skeptical of of the benefits of economic and monetary union, and and and, and opposed uh, opposed that. So that that's how I'd compartmentalize her views on on the
0: question. I suppose there's a lot there in terms of, um, you know, Thatcher being the Cold War warrior, wanting to bring the Cold War to an end. But I suspect this is not the kind of outcome she was she was hoping to see as well in terms of German reunification, at least not as quickly as it happened. As I said earlier, a lot has been written by you and others about this reticence towards German reunification. How far did other political elites at the end of the 1980s in Britain um, share Thatcher's views or Thatcher's concerns?
1: Um, so, so Thatcher was very much isolated Amongst the, the political elites in, in Britain regarding the, the question of German unification. So, Britain had long supported the idea of bringing together the two Germany by, by, by peaceful means. Um, however, that was kind of something which was supported more in theory than in practice, given the fact that the, the, the Berlin Wall had created a very, very, um, kind of not, not permanent divide between the two countries, but it, 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 its construction was something which meant that this was something which was very unlikely to come um, to come to the fore. Um, certainly within the Foreign Office, there were concerns about Thatcher's approach to German reunification undermining uh, British diplomatic efforts. The foreign secretary um, at the time, Douglas Heard, was somewhat critical of her. And there's there's been quite significant criticism of Thatcher in both both memoirs that have been written and in witness seminars that have taken place on the subject of German reunification. Um, so foreign office officials have been very critical of her attitude. However, she was not necessarily alone. So, so Nicholas Ridley, um, who was a member of Thatcher's cabinet at, at the time, I think it was Secretary of State for, for Trade and Industry, um, he was forced to resign his position after giving an interview to The Spectator magazine in July 1990, in which he, argue, he, he, he argued that um, Economic and Monetary Union was a all-German racket in order to try and take over Europe. So there was this this... Kind of not Germanophobia, but this this negative attitude towards Germany, which did exist, um, certainly in, in his perspective. And there were certainly some politicians at the time, not those serving in Cabinet, uh, but other members of Parliament, both from Labour and the Conservative Party, so the main two parties in Britain, who expressed certain doubts about German unification. But certainly on the whole uh, and amongst the kind of decision-making elite within Britain, Thatcher's views were, were not widely shared at all, and, and she was seen as a, a, a kind of anchor on kind of dragging back Britain in, in terms of diplomatic efforts that took place in relation yeah, to... And, uh,
0: Nicholas Ridley's Spectator uh, article is quite interesting to read. I mean, he does really go hard on the anti-German line and it ultimately leads to his downfall as... Uh, reluctantly, I think Thatcher is reluctant to sack him, but he he has to go um, based on what he has said. It certainly is his comments and his views are certainly not in vogue. At least, yep. not with others in the party. Thatcher might have somehow agreed with what he was saying, but certainly, uh, he lost his job over that over that article. Another
1: interesting aspect of the, the Ridley article is that it was an interview with Dominic Lawson, who is the son of Nigel Lawson. So, I, I think he was out of cabinet by that time, but someone who Ridley, um, so, so the son of someone who Nicholas Ridley, um, kind of shed, sat around the cabinet table with, which is, kind of, I think, another interesting, not necessarily important vignette.
0: What I really liked about your research was the approach you. You've taken to the Thatcher German question, um, and it's not the traditional political history one, which is quite nice. So, you've adopted a, an opinion poll approach to untangling the Thatcher German reunification question. So, why did you go down this particular road? So, so there are a couple of reasons for this.
1: Um, so, so first of all, the subject of the British reaction to German unification was um, so, it's a subject I wrote about for my undergraduate dissertation way back in 2010, 2011, um, in my final year uh, at the LSC. And within that, I included a very short section on public opinion, having been having given access to um, some aggregated data tables, the ag- public opinion tables for, for from, from Mori, which is now part of Ipsos, the com- company I work for. Um, and the second reason is that at the, at the time I started writing the article, I was working on a research fellowship at the University of Southampton, working on a project which was converting um, historical opinion polls conducted by Gallup um, between the late nineteen fifties and nineteen ninety one, from their antiquated common binary format into um, into a format which could be analysed using kind of mod- modern 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 software. And um, So it's kind of a there is a term that I use. Um, it's setological archaeology is the, the kind of catchphrase that I use for the, for the for the nature of that project. So bringing back to life this old data. And within the, within the data that was available, there were three opinion polls, um, conducted by Gallup, um, which included questions on German reunification. So I decided that it'd be great to be able to convert these and be then great to return to this subject, more data, which I could, could analyze. And also as well, I think it's interesting to take an opinion poll approach, um, given the extent to which Thatcher's attitudes towards Germany at this time, it's been claimed that these were, these are heavily influenced by her upbringing and the fact that her teenage years coincided with the Second World War, her, her, her hometown of Grantham being 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 bombed by the Germans, and, and and this being something which continued to influence her attitude towards Germany in 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 her in her subsequent political career, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of being able to use opinion polls, given the fact that you're able to analyze cross-analyze by various demographics, um, age being one of them, I thought is kind of an interesting approach to adopt being able to see the extent to which Thatcher's approach to German reunification was similar to that of others within her generation
0: how easy was it actually to access the opinion poll survey that these these polls I mean did you have difficulty finding the material or is it or was it generally widely available
1: so it's so, so, so the material uh, has been stored at the Roper Center for Public Opinion Research, which is based at Cornell University. Basically, um, stored in I think dusty boxes. My the principal investigator at the University of Southampton, on the project, Will Jennings. He got in touch with Cornell to see see if it would be possible to put together a research bid to be able to to kind of bring this material back to life, and that's what we did. So, so hundreds of opinion polls conducted by Gallup from the late 50s to to, to 1991 are now available to the research community to 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 access um, it's, it's it's a really invaluable resource and something which um, political historians and international historians I think would be great for them to to, to make use of and 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 it was the case that I partly used this article in order to help publicise publicise that project and the material that, that's come available.
0: And, and the material is fantastic. So let's dive into some of the results then. What do these survey results tell us about British views on German reunification?
1: So in terms of the, the principle of German reunification, the British public were largely largely supportive, or, or to put it another way, they didn't have significant qualms about the prospect of, of a united Germany. So there's only really one opinion poll, which was conducted by, by Gallup on behalf of the United States Information Agency. In December 1989, where the kind of the split in public opinion was was kind of equal between those who, who supported a single German state and those who would prefer for there to be um, separate German states. In terms of the principal German unification, all other opinion polls showed majority support for um, for the unification of East and East and West Germany. In terms of the, when it was likely that German reunification was going to take place, it was certainly not the case that the British public foresaw reunification occurring as quickly as it did. so within less. less than a year that is partly influenced by the way in which the question was framed um so so surveys which are asking do you think it would how likely it is do you think it would take place within the next 10 years how likely within the next five years it would be great if there was a survey which would which had asked how likely do you think it would be that German unification takes place within the next one year um but um unfortunately that's that didn't occur but it's certainly the case that they didn't foresee this happening immediately there were then questions asked about The likelihood of United Germany serving as an economic or military threat um, is the case that opinion was generally balanced in terms of those who foresaw Germany serving, posing an economic threat, threat, and those who felt it didn't. It's kind of not 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 a 50 50 split. There were certainly obviously those within the sample answer don't know, um, but the balance of opinion was split between those two options in terms of Germany posing a military threat. Largely, the British public did not foresee a united Germany being a, a military threat, as it had been in the in the twice in the in the in the first half of the twentieth century. Though there was a significant minority of Britons, primarily those who had who who belonged to the war generation, who were likely to feel that united Germany would 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 pose such a threat. Some worry that. A united reunified Germany would become the dominant power in Europe, but what dominant power in Europe means is open for an interpretation. With um, with the opinion with the opinion polls that were asked, then in terms of the importance of Germany being a a, a united Germany being a NATO member, very strong support in Britain, very strong perception that it was important for um, for united Germany to to be a NATO member and not to be neutral, and that that is perhaps unsurprising in the British context given. Um, as as Ben Clement's recent book um, on public opinion and foreign policy has shown, is that Brit- British public have been strong supporters, consistent strong supporters of NATO. And then, in terms of whether a United Germany made it more or less important for deeper progress to be made um, within European integration, um, it was the case that there was there was there was some perception that that, that it that more Germany did require perhaps more Europe. Um, but it was it was the case that perhaps it made little difference to 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 um, whether or not more Europe
0: was needed to to counteract the counteracting the large German on the threat perception. I mean, how would you describe the threat perception? I mean, you've mentioned like for a certain pre-war generation, is that threat perception a military threat or is it more uh, an economic powerhouse threat from from German reunification? So how do people? view. So, you know, European integration has been around a long time. It has, you know, arguably, even by the end of the 1980s, tamed the worst excesses of, of German revanchism. So how would you then perceive, how how do you think people perceive the threat with the questions asked?
1: So so the questions asked separately whether or not a united Germany would likely pose an economic threats or military threat. So, so these were asked separately. And it was the case that the the, the perceptions of a united Germany posing an economic threat score significantly 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 were significantly higher than perceptions of a military threat and it's just as as I mentioned that the, the war generation within Britain were, were much more likely than those who weren't born at the time of the at, at least the, the, the Second World War that the that, that United Germany would again pose some form of, of, of military threat though again within the war generation it was largely the case that their views of whether or not Germany, the United Germany would pose a military threat were, were kind of split it's just that there was a greater perception compared to, to young age groups. Um, that, that that this would occur.
0: How aligned do you think Thatcher's views over German reunification were with the results of the survey? Or, you know, put another way, was the Prime Minister simply channeling societal views, or her own long-held views, which were, you know, the, her pre-war upbringing as well as a perceived threat, an economic threat that more Germany was not necessarily a good thing.
1: I think she she was more challenging her her own prejudices and um, towards. To Germany than she was channeling public opinion. It was certainly the case that that by and large the British public were seemed relatively comfortable with the idea of, of United Germany, they did think that perhaps it would be this kind of economic powerhouse, but there's, there's then a question as to, okay, okay, you, you perceive Germany as an economic threat, but is that something which is going to be detrimental to Britain or just strong in terms of, in, 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 in competitive terms when it comes to the economy? Um, there's certainly the case that, that Thatcher's views, that, Thatcher's approach towards German, German unification by and large did not channel um, public views. Certainly within the war generation, there were similarities between the views um, that Thatcher had held and, and, and members of the public who, who belong to that generation certainly by and large there was this kind of divide between public opinion and, and 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 thatcher's thatcher's prejudices prejudices towards germany at the time and and that is similar to the state of public opinion and thatcher's attitude towards european integration at the end of her premiership an article published by Jorgen rasmussen in back in 1997 looked at the looked at the the way in which British public attitudes um, changed over the course of her premiership. And it was the case that by, by, by 1989, by 1990, public attitudes towards European integration were, um, were much more positive than they had been, whereas Thatcher's views were more negative. And, and, and he argues that there was this kind of divide between public opinion and Thatcher. And, and, and my article hopefully builds on that by showing that that was largely also the case when it came to her, her views towards German reunification and the, the public's views.
0: Because there had been, of course, even her cabinet had moved in a different direction to her. I mean, I suppose yep. you could say her views on Europe and that kind of encapsulated quite a lot were very much not in keeping with wider views in the cabinet. And as you've also looked at the, in your in your work, wider societal views. And I remember recently watching a, a TV interview with her where the interviewer was talking about, I suppose, you know, the the softer side of Thatcher, her upbringing. You know, going to the library on a Saturday, getting books. And the the interviewer asked her, you know, did you debate your father? Did you have these great debates at home? Or were you simply listening to what your father was saying? She said, "No, no, no, we had these great debates about you know, the economy and about Germany. And she's very particular about Germany because this, of course, was the 1930s. And when I was reading your work then, I was kind of mindful of the fact that some of these very fixed pre-war ideas stayed with her for a very, very long time. I think long after her premiership, perhaps. What do these opinion polls then, I suppose, say at a wider level about public attitudes towards British foreign and defence policy? Or what, what can we kind of take away from... You know, reading these surveys vis-a-vis German unification, but what does it say with wider British public? In terms of
1: attitudes towards defence, certainly the, the questions which were asked about German unification and NATO demonstrate the strong importance that the British public attached to, to, to that organization. And there was a there was a Mori um, survey conducted, I think it was in December 1989, January 1990. This was a four-country survey um conducted in the UK, uh, conducted in Britain, France, the United States, and Poland. And what was very interesting about that in terms of the question about NATO was that the British public were more likely to say that it was important for a united Germany to be a member of NATO than the American public were. And I think that's quite striking in terms of the um, the Atlantic alliance, the, attach- the the importance that the British public attached to that. Um, more widely, I think it, it, it demonstrates that societal attitudes towards Germany kind of reflected the overarching cl- political consensus towards Germany in that you in that German unification would be would be a positive thing and um, certainly some some things to be concerned about but something which which um which Britain should support and I think that's that that's interesting in itself because it shows public support for a a, a long-held foreign policy goal um that, that Britain had had but why do they it, it, it's slightly difficult to my argument about about my work about this article in particular is that it's more interesting than it is important research. But I think when, when, when it comes to looking at public opinion um, towards, towards foreign policy matters, towards defence policy matters, it's interesting to compare the public the views of the public and the political class because the political class have a very particular view of what for, of what foreign policy should be they, they have a very particular view of the national interest but then if, if if the public don't hold that view which which wasn't the case in in, in, in regards to general reunification but if if, if, the, if the public don't hold if, if they don't perceive the British national interest to be the same as the political class, then there's kind of issues whether that be issues in relation to um the way in which foreign and defense policy matters are communicated. To the public, and that's something which which my work on public opinion towards European integration um, seeks to argue. But also as well, foreign policy matters generally don't. The public don't generally perceive foreign foreign policy matters to be of, of great importance. But when there is some form of foreign policy crisis, then it kind of does. I think matter more what the what the public
0: think. Stuart, uh, your article is fantastic and for those who are listening and want to read more about Stuart's work, you can open up his article, uh, Margaret Thatcher British Public Opinion and German Reunification 1989-1990 to in uh, the recent issue of Cold War History, published in April. Stuart, I ask each of my guests a random question from the Proust questionnaire and here is yours. On what occasion would you lie? That's a very interesting, thought provoking question. My answer is
1: going to be somewhat light-hearted and the occasion uh, occasion on which in which I would lie would be if I was a participant on the uh, British game show Would I Lie To You where lying is the way to is the way to win and in certain other so in in other circumstances I would very much try and avoid lying but certainly if it was to win win something like Would I Lie To You then then on on, on such occasions I would.
0: Very good. And I was also thinking when people ask you survey questions, how likely are you to lie and give the wrong answer?
1: It, this is. There's a significant amount of literature on that, and this kind of social desirability bias, so people giving answers which they feel make them look, uh, come across as more positive. Lots and lots of biases as, as well, the way in which um, people respond to public opinion surveys. That doesn't kind of discredit the value of opinion polls. They're extremely valuable in terms of understanding what society thinks about various issues, um, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of using them, um, certainly for, for, for historical research and for, for my um, for my day-to-day work, but you do have to consider, are People responding to these questions in a way in which they are fully telling the truth and as, as with any source opinion polls have their weaknesses but certainly they, they have significant strengths as well
0: dr Stuart smedley research manager in the ipsos uk public affairs government and society team and a visiting fellow in the university of southampton's department of politics and international relations thanks for being my guest on this episode of the eu history podcast i'm michael geary nope. thanks for listening.